Bhante, I must confess, I tend to be rather lax when it comes to deep contemplation and reflection on life's intricacies. However, I take solace in the fact that my idleness doesn't lead me astray. I stand firmly in my virtuous path. So can I simply find contentment in this virtue, rest in my accomplishments, and trust that wisdom will come naturally with time? Well, hmm, it's a bit of a broad of a question there because there's so many other factors within that. Like the answer is both yes and no. Uh, you could, if you remain virtuous, protecting that virtue, protecting the, the wholesome action, avoiding the unwholesome action, even if you don't necessarily are kind of um, exerting yourself in some effort to understand higher Dhamma or, or more specific aspects of it, you, you you could be progressing. If, on the other hand, like you, you're virtuous, you're not breaking the precepts, but at the same time you're not watching the intentions and subtler actions within that, then not necessarily. You might, you might not be uh, regressing as much, but at the same time you're not abandoning the assumptions that you carry, the value of sensuality that you carry, the wrong views that you carry. So there is no status quo, basically. You're either developing forward in terms of the right practice or you are going backward in terms of accumulating the wrong views. Because what you may, what, what this person might think is virtuous. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, so you might, you might be slowing down your accumulation of wrong views through being virtuous and sense-restrained and careful, but you need to undo them because you have not started in a neutral position. You started by carrying all this burden of ignorance, of ija, and everything else upon it. And that needs to be undone. So what they are really asking is, would that be undone if I just remain virtuous? It could be. It would take a lot longer. So you might run out of time, basically. It might not be in this lifetime. Mm. Um, it would take a lot longer. And then also, again... It's not just about, oh, I'm just keeping the precepts religiously, superstitiously. But, well, does that imply you are, uh, you are also discerning your uh, mind rooted in unwholesome intentions? Is that becoming obvious? Because many, many people do keep precepts religious, superstitiously, in the sense of, I will abstain from doing these, doing these things, and that's how devas and gods will protect me. So that's, my, that's the extent of my effort. I just not do this. Not because I know and see for myself that it's bad to do it. It's just because I've been told to. And I have, I have that kind of uh, belief that that will save me or it will eventually lead to my liberation. It's like, well, in and of itself, that's just a nice and virtuous behavior that can, as the Buddha, as the suttas describe, maybe lead you to a heaven or something uh, if, you, if you kind of adhere to it in this lifetime. But that will run out eventually. So it's like that faith doesn't necessarily develop wisdom. No, no, of course, no. So, so it's like you can, you can just focus on the virtue, find contentment in it, but at the same time, okay, so now on top of it, yeah, I will not make any detailed effort and like really exerting myself in, in, in anxious pursuits of understanding the Dhamma, but when unwholesome things arise in my mind, although they're not against the precepts you know, by body, Am I entertaining them mentally? Am I seeing the danger there? Do I see where my intentions are rooted? Am I avoiding it? Am I cultivating it? Am I enduring it? If the answer to those things are no, then your virtue is kind of, well, sterilized. <laughs> it's just going to stay there and you have some benefits and that's it.
it's still nicer than not being virtuous, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whether that can translate into, into development in terms of the Dhamma. And, re- and purified or completely accomplishing virtue would be being an Arahant. So are you completely... Well, yeah. I mean, accomplished in virtue can mean being a Sotapanna. Mm. Um, and then uh, fully purifying that can lead to Arahantship. So exactly like what you are finding contentment in, is it the virtue of a Sotapanna already? Or it's clear we're unsure, in which case, like, it would be a bit too risky to find contentment in that. If only, if, if, uh, to find contentment only in that. Because if you're still a Putujana, you're not accomplished in virtue. Although you might not be breaking the precepts, you have not seen it for yourself. Good is good, bad is bad. Skillful is skillful, unskillful is unskillful. You have not understood the root of suffering in the way out. So you don't see where the virtue is correctly. And that needs to be seen. Then if you want to remain contented with that and not maybe make further effort, sure. But even then it's like, uh, by that point it will not be such a tremendous task because now you know what you need to do. So you will just basically be able to do it through your virtue, uh, practicing withdrawal from unwholesome states, guarding of the sense doors would be, would be enough actually. You would be progressing in wisdom if you have the right view. <clears throat> and another thing that comes to mind is uh, it's nice to rest in your virtue like to you know to experience the joy of being virtuous of being blameless mm. it's very nice but in a way it's it's uh, I don't know if it's good to rest in it you know what I mean it's better to yeah. be working yeah. striving further than resting content. Well, the thing is, like, it's really more like resting in it does not require effort. So, resting yeah. in virtue pretty much means intentionally making effort somewhere else. So, and that's why I said what I said, like, does that mean... Like, okay, I'm not making the effort towards the detailed understanding of the Dhamma, but does that imply I'm not making effort to endure things on the mental level, to endure doubt, to endure hindrances, to not act out of them? Because if it does, you're wrong. Like, that, that, should not, that cannot be negotiated. You need to do that. Whether you're resting in virtue and simply a, a mere faith type, this is where the practice is. Sure, you don't have to be studying Pali, reading the suttas, and pondering constantly on the teaching and so on. That's someone's approach. But you do have to recognize that if you're resting on the virtue, uh, what else are you doing now? Oh, okay, I'm resting on the virtue. So does that mean I'm tolerating unwholesome states? Or am I enduring them rightly without acting out, without accepting the mental value, delight in them? Same with ill will, same with distraction. Because that's where the practice is. Virtue is a basis for this practice. But if this practice is absent, you can have all the contentment you want in the basis, in the foundations, when there is no house on it. So you cannot be safe there. Am I, am I, am I uh, con- intentionally being content with the <clears throat> virtue that I have and intentionally now using that as an excuse not to practice further? Yeah, exactly. Like, that you can become that. Yeah, hey, I've done. I've done a certain amount of work, and I'm, I I must absorb the happiness here. Mm. Yes, I've got lots of work to do, but yeah. 
it's I'm justified in not doing any further work because I've I am virtuous yeah. and I must. That's I'm the, yeah. That's exactly the, the thing because absorbing the happiness from it and doing the work are two separate things. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. Being virtuous, resting in it, finding contentment in it, absorbing the happiness of it, it's effortless. Yes, yes, so do you use that to avoid the effort that you would have been making on the right level? Which means, do you use that contentment and so on as a justification to not endure correctly the thoughts of sensuality, ill will and distraction? Or are you doing the work there and you just simply mean, yeah, I just don't want to have to be constantly thinking about themes from the suttas and so on, in which case, fine. You don't have to. Keep your virtue and your things on the right level. Discern the hindrances. Don't act out of them. Don't try to get rid of them. And find contentment in the virtue on account of that. Fine. Wisdom will develop. So in, in a way, it's, it's like the right striving with <clears throat> becoming virtuous, the peace that comes from it doesn't mean that you stop striving. The Not striving exactly. becomes no. peaceful. Yes, striving becomes effortless as well. Yeah. But if you stop yeah. striving... Yeah. To rest in peace means you're not, you're not, you know, no longer. Well, it means you are now striving towards something else. Yeah, you you're striving yeah. towards the opposite of what you should be striving. Yeah. Means you're, you're justifying your your uh, involvement with hindrances, sensuality, uh, distraction, indolence, doubt, and so on. So it's interesting, yeah. I've heard people <clears throat> say, is it a time to rest and is it time to strive, hmm. to work? Actually, if you're striving correctly... That is your rest. That is your resting. Yeah. So. And that's exactly what it said for an Arahant. Although he's beyond training, he remains in that training mode. Because that is the most peaceful abiding. It's not the same as one No, 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 of course. Like, you can only understand that if you're an Arahant. Yeah. <clears throat> like, training mode requires effort because... Your assumptions, your cravings, your being is still not extinguished and it's pulling you the opposite way. That's the tension there. It's not The tension is not caused by the training and restraint. Training and restraint reveal the tension of the flow of asavas and sensuality and so on. But obviously, un, uh, unwise mind that's not developed associates the pain of that tension with restraint and with the training. Because that's, that's the new criteria I introduced in my life. And look, now I suffer as a result of it. Engaging with the training rightly, it's painful only because of the passions that are still not extinguished and desires. So if you extinguish the desires, cravings, the state of training is actually peaceful abiding here and now. And that's why arahants remain in it. Even if they're not exerting themselves in the actual practice of Dhamma. Mentally, they're entirely against that grain of old passion and everything else. That's where they've been solidified in. <clears throat>